0: Hunting the Hunter chapter 4 Chapter 4 begins with a newspaper ad Uncle Frank we have to stop fighting before someone gets hurt let's meet and come to an agreement email us at f a l x zipnet.usa your loving nephew and niece a and m Meg looked up from the paper We don't have an email address yeah, but Mr. Turnbull has a brand new computer still in the box, Aiden explained. I'll volunteer to put it together for him. And while I'm setting up his email account, I can sneak in a secret address for us. The guy hates technology. He'll never know the difference. The two sat in the pickup's cab in the parking lot of the Denver Chronicle, poring over the text of the personal ad they hoped would lead them to their deadly enemy. His sister was unconvinced. You really think he'll answer this? He'll have to. He wants to find us as much as we want to find him, and he's probably tearing the city apart for us right now. The thought was far from comforting. Frank Lindenauer was a cold-blooded killer, ruthless and efficient. Aiden swallowed hard and went on. Uncle Frank, that's what I used to call him back when I was six, when he was mom and dad's friend. Friend, Meg practically spat the word out. He ruined our lives and he did it to help terrorists. He doesn't know the meaning of the word. The point is, he'll know it has to be from us, Aiden insisted. Let's just hope he reads the newspapers. Maybe we should put the ad in Killer's home journal. It sounded like a joke. It was nothing of the kind. Aiden and Meg had spent the last few weeks fleeing from this man, seeking him out on purpose, screamed of pure insanity. If there was another way, Aiden thought, but there wasn't. Any future for the Falconer family lay in this lethal game of cat and mouse. They had to capture the traitor before he could destroy them. Meg stayed in the truck while Aiden entered the Chronicle building to place the ad. It was one thing to be seen together at the produce terminal, but this was one of many newspapers that had reported the flight of the young fugitives to the world. Aiden navigated the labyrinth of hallways, fighting to control the jitters in his heart. He felt like a trainer with his head inside the jaws of a fierce lion, a front page story marching through the offices of a hungry news organization. Personal ads was on the main floor in the far corner behind the employee cafeteria. The office reminded Aiden of a classroom with a large desk desk up front and smaller workstations where customers would compose their ads. His hopes of blending in with the crowd were dashed immediately. He was the crowd, except for the clerk in charge. The young woman noticed his surprise at the empty office. These days, most of our staff comes in over the internet, she explained. Aiden nodded nervously. He would have greatly preferred to do the same, but without a credit card, he had no choice to bu- but to present himself in person. He handed over the paper with a carefully worded ad. How much would this cost? At lightning speed, she keyboarded the message. Four lines at forty dollars fourteen fifty per line, $58. That runs it for five days. Fine, Aiden replied, placing three 20s on the counter. Will it start tomorrow? in the afternoon paper she told him the morning edition's already set she struck a key to send the ad to composing have you been in here before you seem familiar the question struck him like a bloody like a body blow not me he managed to reply this is my first time funny she mused i'm really good with faces he looked away quickly and caught a startling glimpse of why his appearance rang a bell with her The office was decorated with mounted Chronicle front pages. One of them, positioned almost directly in front of the clerk's desk, featured two sickeningly familiar photographs. They were the mugshots of Aiden and Margaret Falconer from the Department of Juvenile Corrections. In a panic, Aiden would feel his lunch rising. Am I all done? He was already striding through the door, his mind intent on escape. Wait, she exclaimed suddenly. It took a superhuman effort not to break into a sprint for the front exit, the pickup truck, and a speedy getaway. He turned in the doorway, ready to argue, deny, and when all else failed, run. She was standing up, holding her hand out to him. You forgot your change. Oh, right, he wheezed. Thanks. He accepted the bills, wheeled, and fled. In the parking lot, Meg regarded him in alarm. What happened? You're all white. That was... That was life balanced on a knife edge. Even when nothing went wrong, it was still a major fright fest.